so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. What's up? This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin. I'm sitting here with Vivek. Mimu, Mimu. Mama, Mama, Like a DJ. Where do people find you online, buddy? At funny Vivek with or without the letter M. Depends on your luck today. And you can find me at Andy Curtin on Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. Oh, we also have a Facebook group uh, yeah. called Ho Ho Hong Kongers. You can check that out and get in there. Lots of fun stuff. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe. Uh, we are also on patreon.com slash hohopod putting out a bonus episode every Thursday. Lots of other fun content. And if we get six more subscribers, yeah. pat- patrons, we're going to... I'm actually talking to some uh, land developers and building developers to see if they could donate a, a flat for our Hoho Hong Kongers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Side note, it's in Shang Shui. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's worth 20 million Hong Kong dollars, but exactly. it's, it's in lower Shenzhen. No. Yeah, exactly. And the flat may not be an actual apartment. It may just be like a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give that out. When we get our first million patrons, one of them is going to get yes, exactly. half an apartment. <laughs> and I am drinking a delicious coffee from Mana. Yeah, me too. I got my mocha spelled M-O-K-A because sustainability. Guys, Mana is a venue sponsor of the podcast and they are fantastic. So please get down there. They're on Stoughton Street and a bunch of other locations around the city. Now, today's guest is Anthony Dapperan, who is a prominent Australian lawyer and writer, author of City of Protest about Hong Kong's Umbrella Revolution and a later book, City on Fire, about the 2019-2020 protests and our resident yeah. political commentator. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming back on, Anthony. G'day. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Uh, what's the next? I'm thinking about your next book. What are you going to call it? <laughs> City, City of Ash? Yeah. City in humidity. <laughs> City in a puff of smoke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that City on Fire could be about the climate. It could be, be yeah. yeah. It could be, yeah, yeah. It depends on like, who's picking up the book. It's like, oh, this is a great book. It's been a little while since we chatted to you. It was, uh, it was January. I had to check. It was this year. Right. It wasn't five years ago. Time feels like it's, I mean, just, yeah, living kind of years in a, in a week, right? Isn't it? It's so weird because it's such a cliche thing to say, but it feels like I haven't seen you in super long time. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, Too much has happened. Like, it's just, it's just, like, just finished me. But isn't it weird, though? But it also feels like time's, f- like, flying. Like, I keep forgetting that there was a, a year between 2021 and 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. True that. Like, when I update people on stuff, I'm like, I mean, two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, wait, that was too- what did I do last year? I don't remember anything. You just we, remember sitting and we just all sat inside and watched Netflix for a year. I think yeah, is kind exactly. of what, what we did last year. Basically, everyone yeah. subscribed. Netflix had the best year ever. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. I'm like, did Netflix come up with COVID? Actually, I think that's their strategy. They probably came up with that. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. <laughs> now, when we last spoke to you, the situation was that they that they'd been. A lot of arrests of the Democratic lawmakers. There'd been a protest where everybody, the Democratic lawmakers stepped down. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the NSL was being used, but there hadn't been any convictions. How have things progressed since then? Um, yeah, so I guess a couple of big developments since in the last few months since we last spoke. Um, th- the first one is that of those uh, 50-something Democrats that were arrested in January, um, 47 of them have been charged now with subversion under the national security law. Um, of those, 36 are now sitting in jail awaiting trial. They were denied bail. Um, 36 um, denied bail. 
Yep, um, and that includes you know pretty moderate people, um, uh, people like uh, like Claudia Moe, who's sort of this sort of aunt-like figure among the traditional sort of pan-democrat politicians, um, uh, and, and many others, young and old. I mean, like Claudia Moe is, 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 I think they wanted to be inclusive. I think that's what it was. They were like, we got to make sure we get good. Uh, we need diversity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it does seem like the decisions to sort of free certain people from bail was kind of representative. It was kind of well, we got three. We'll, we'll, we'll let you out. Uh, we'll, we'll let you out. You kind yeah. of okay. well, you know, this sort of randomly picked a, yeah, a yeah. small handful to release. Probably just but, picked yeah. the guys who were not that famous or the names yeah. were difficult to pronounce. But yeah. as a lawyer, what does that say to you? <laughs> um, I think the crazy thing about all these bail decisions is that the, the court goes through this, what they call this predictive exercise to try and foresee into the future whether if they let you out on bail, you're going to endanger national security again, which which for a start is kind of ridiculous because you know they are being asked to magically predict the future. But also the way that they've been making the decisions is they look at your past behavior and they say, well, in the past you've done ABC bad stuff that, that, that threatens national security. So we think you might do it again. So we're not going to let you out. Ignoring the fact that when you did that stuff before, you weren't under immediate threat of being thrown into jail if you did it. Right. So even now you could you could promise, you know, well, I'm obviously not going to do that stuff again because now I know that if I do it, you're going to throw me in jail. Um, but the court doesn't buy that. They just sort of say, no, well, because you've done it in the past, you might do it again in the future. Therefore, we're denying you. Bail. Yeah, it's That's like. It. Uh, the <laughs> it's like terrible parenting advice. <laughs> it's like you messed up once. You peed in your pants. You will never be allowed to pee again. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like it says you're here uh, when you were a child. You yelled, "I'm going to live forever." You're like, "But I'm on life support now. I don't yeah, think I'm going to yeah. yell it out again." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And therefore, you will not get life support anymore. I was like, what? Yeah. So I mean, kind of the argument that that was you know, we'd heard a little bit from from people was, oh, yeah, there's been a lot of charges, but convictions are not going to be that frequent. I mean, it's clear the national security law has been has ended on the high end of how much use I think people might have anticipated. Yeah, certainly, I mean, the government, when they first announced it, said it's only going to apply to a very small minority and people had in mind sort of violent frontline protesters who were maybe getting arrested, you know, sort of for, for you know, throwing Molotov cocktails or whatever. But it's been um, much larger numbers than people thought and people involved in, in, act, in sort of peaceful acts, pure political speech acts and things like that. Um, now, we haven't actually seen any trial reach the conclusion yet. So everyone who's currently sitting in jail are, are basically awaiting trial. Um, and I think the first um, trial we're going to see is of the, the the young guy who was arrested on the 1st of July last year, the first day the, the law motorbike. came into force with the motorbike. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's just been... Uh, the, 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 Wait, the, what's the motorbike? He was the one who had the, uh, the flag on the motorbike. How oh, and you rode through downtown. Uh, yeah, 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 he rode through, and I think it was Wan Chai, right? Yeah, that's right, the pr- protest in Wan Chai. Yeah, and he yeah, was, yeah. yeah, I remember He that. was the first arrest uh, yeah. under the NSL, and he's been charged. I think he's also denied a jury as well, right? Denied a jury trial, that's right, yeah. So and he, his lawyers were just appealing against that, and I think that appeal process is still ongoing. He's trying to get a right to a jury trial that the DHA yeah. wants to stop. But I mean, essentially, yeah, he was riding, riding his motorbike, had a, a flag with a certain slogan on it on the back of the motorbike, Um Cops sort of blocked the road and he crashed his motorcycle into them. And now he's being charged with terrorism and subversion. Um, so yeah. there you go. So never um, ever drive badly, Hong Kong people slash Asians. Mm. I've always thought it was too dangerous to ride motorbikes. Especially <laughs> yeah, in this city. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes when you have like a bad flapping wi- uh, flag at the back of your, your motorbike, it does screw around with the driving a technique that you can use. So yeah. I don't blame him. Dynamics. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I would know yeah. the man without the license of driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, but he'll be the first, and then uh, we'll probably see um, trials for these 47 pan-democrats that were all arrested in connection with the primary election they had last year, um, and that I think will be coming up maybe later this year. All of them again have been charged with subversion, um, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I've got to say the um, a, a lot of the, the 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 bail decisions make kind of alarming reading, and uh, the, the 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 decision on Claudia Moe's bail was actually just announced last week, and. The, the, the things that the, the court pointed to as the reasons why she shouldn't be bailed were basically for talking to the press. I mean, they cited, first of all, they cited a lot of WhatsApp messages between her and Benny Tai around organizing the primary, and then listed a whole bunch of different statements she'd made to the BBC and the New York Times and so on um, about her feelings about the situation in Hong Kong and citing that as evidence of her threatening national security, which for someone who speaks to the press a lot is kind of a frightening thing to see. Um, yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's why you have to be... You, nowadays, whenever anyone talks to you, first of all, just don't. <laughs> Hence the reason this podcast has limited listeners. <laughs> <laughs> We're really, safe as houses. You think we don't want to be The media popular? won't talk to us. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the reason why we have a small number of listeners is because of our security. I mean, this could be huge. Oh, I would. We're not letting I, it become huge. I'm yeah. capping the number of damn ones. That's exactly. What doing. Yeah. It's only sensible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah, I was reading the article about her, her bail issue and yeah, talking to the foreign press and specifically foreign press mm. as well they were like more upset the fact that she was speaking to foreign press like what about what about us you don't talk to us okay you know what slap you with the with this uh law over you right and mm. it's weird because as you said it was a lot of people who said stuff before this was even an issue right and yeah. it's being held uh basically what, what's the word retroactive yeah yeah, yeah they're getting called upon yeah. that so it just imagine that like in your life like people could use that against you right right like, everything you say you're gonna have like not even second guess. You're like like ten guess yourself. Like, uh, uh, would you like? Would you want sugar with that? Huh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, if, yeah. if everyone retroactively looks at things I've said, I am in big trouble. <laughs> I've exactly. said everything. Well, it will give you one more hit on every YouTube video, so yeah. that's also a good thing, you know. Some we were doing a show the other night, and he's like, "Yeah, China Daily's filming." I was like. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should I do different material? <laughs> <laughs> I was like watching her. Like, did she press the record button? Not yet. It's good. It's good. Go, go, go. Keep doing your set. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, nowadays you have to kind of worry. As in, it may be lighthearted, but what is lighthearted today? Right. May you know tomorrow sunny sound like what did you say? Yeah. Did you yeah, see exactly. we're crossing the road? Yeah. You know why is the chicken yeah. cross the road? Oh, yeah. what are you trying to say? You trying to leave the country? It's like yeah. what? Well, yeah. I, I I have only ever lived in, let's say. Uh, I've never lived in pre-protest Hong Kong. Mm. Have they always been so afraid of the foreign media? No. I don't think so. No, no, no. I mean, like, in general, I've never <laughs> ever had this feeling of, like, the foreign media are the enemies and the bad no. people. It's no. just, like, they've been here. Okay, fine, you know? Yeah. If anything, I think a lot of people get excited. They're like, oh, my God, I was on TV. Which channel? You don't even have it. It's not the local cheap ones. The ones you have to pay for. Like, oh, you made it. You made it good, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I was never. I was, I've never heard of the idea of like foreign press being you know bad or negative before. Yeah. Even like during right. Occupy Central and everything, you know, like there was no real talk about them interfering yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. It's just recently, literally once you arrived, Andy, they were like, we don't like these. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, get out of hey, my country. Not talking to me either. I'm like, hey, you want to interview me? No. <laughs> For political reasons, no. Yeah, yeah, we're not exactly. interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, it's it's yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, before that, Hong Kong was kind of a normal place, right? I mean, just you know, media well, yeah. was normal, everything was normal. Well, um, Hong Kong know. normal. Well, yeah, Hong yeah, Kong yeah, normal, yeah. but no, not normal. It was but the now most it's normal, uh, yeah. bizarre place in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like foreign media in general in Hong Kong, kind of because, like, for example, like a lot of news in local media would be like coverage of small, small details. It had to be really big issues for the foreign press to be like, oh, we want to cover that. Yeah. I mean, a good example would be when there were the. Um, no, I wouldn't say abduction, but like a whole bunch of people that had to after Ursus, the breakout in Ursus, oh yeah, and like the Penny Bay uh, thing where people like, went on quarantine. All of a sudden, like the foreign or the English press were like all interested, you know, filming from there. And it was funny because like the Chinese press was like, "We did this whole thing a year ago. Mm. How are you just covering this 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 issue?" Yeah, but white yeah. people are in there now, right. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and we can interview them, and they can actually respond, yeah. and lo- so we don't have to translate it. You know, yeah. so I mean, I get it. So it takes a lot for like the foreign media in Hong Kong to look into these small, small kind of domestic issues, hmm. but then. I think that's the problem is now. But they also need their angle. I mean, I experienced this a lot doing, you know, we got huge amounts of coverage for stand-up in China. But it was like there was the first year of everyone being like, there's stand-up in China. Let's have everyone write, like Bloomberg wrote a story about it, Economist wrote a story about like all of these big publications. And then that story was done. And since then, there's only been two angles that have been of any interest. And one is censorship. And the other is that women are doing stand-up. That that's it. I haven't. I, you can barely get them to write about anything else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, and I, I think that you really. That it's it's like it isn't about what even the foreigners here find interesting. It's like pe- their readership don't really care about Hong Kong unless there's yeah. a story yeah. that sort of piques their interest somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that's why if you commit a crime in Shamjipo, you'll never know. Foreigners, you'll never know. Shampoo pulls too far. That yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's like the old adage that all news is local, right? So there's always got to be a local angle to whoever's reporting it, whether it's you know, yeah, yeah. Well, here's a question: What is happening with? Because you you have pretty good contacts within the. I mean, you you're a journalist yourself in a way of writing pieces. What's happening in that community? Are people leaving? Um, there's a, yeah, a mixture of things. There are certainly people leaving. And I think, you know, all of us, I'm sure, know, know people who have, are leaving, have left, uh, about to leave, planning to leave. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and so there's certainly an element of that. There's elements of people who are just sort of um, ceased all activity. People who might have in the past been very active, you know, joining protests or being very outspoken or being very active, organizing amongst their community have just completely gone quiet and sort of shut down and and just yeah because of they're afraid of, of what the consequences might so, be i so, mean i understand yeah. it but it's so sad it's, yeah yeah it is it's it's it, it is sad that people who are very engaged with the community and, and and contributing in really positive ways to civil society in hong kong are, are, are stopping doing that because that's it's it's too risky um and uh, and yeah and other people who 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 sort of you know i suppose doing the the good Hong Kong thing of just laying low and, 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 and you know, and, and you know, making money and, and sort of that old cliche of what people thought Hong Kong was like, which I think 2019 really revealed that it's not really, maybe it's sort of in a little way coming back to, 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 to a certain degree of being, um, being accurate. Yeah, so, but I would yeah. say like it's different. Like now it's, you're being forced to kind of put your head down and just like mm. do your own thing, just you know, shh, be quiet. You know, yeah. it's, it's not that you want to be quiet. You want to say stuff, but you can't, right? So that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. I think, And you get situations like the only protest that's going on really right now is not taking a vaccine. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's weird because it's two ways, right? Whereas like on one end, it's like the vaccine for your own well-being, it's for your own health. You know, it's not really an issue about politics. On the other end, mm. it's like, no, well, I just don't like you. 
right. and the fact that you told me to do it, I won't do it. I mean, I always joke about how the government's trying to, you know, get people to get take the vaccines, you know, through whatever programs. And of course, now the developer is giving out flats. Everyone's like, okay, we can do that. <laughs> Which again shows well, you just ex- to make that clear for people who don't know, there there are property developers awarding on like a lottery apartments to people who've taken the vaccine. Correct. Which Not- not non only permanent residents for the apartment, but the hundred thousand dollar one is for anyone with an ID card. Really? Yeah, I have an ID card. Yeah, where you go, yeah. Andy. It's time to put your <laughs> name down. Which is ex- which is funny because this shows the true reflection of how Hong Kong is controlled mm. through the property tycoons. <laughs> you see, <laughs> the government could do nothing. What, again. If, what if they'd said in twenty nineteen, for anyone that doesn't go to the protest are in a lottery to win a ten million dollar apartment. <laughs> People, yeah, definitely. There would be a lot of like, oh, wait a second. They would have like three people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everyone else is lining up like, where do we go? Where's this place? Then again, the apartment's in Kuntong. So, you know, it's not that convincing of like, hey. Investment property. It's like 350 square foot or something, right? Exactly. It's kind of one of these micro apartments. I bet you it's one of those things that's going to be like on the 13th floor. You know, (laughs) it's going to be the the worst flat ever. (laughs) The one with no view. The the bed is facing the window. It's like a brand new apartment, but there was a murdered during the development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, three construction workers died in exactly. that apartment. And, yeah. Several known ghosts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things. And you just yeah. you walk in and you're like, okay, I, I feel like I shouldn't have taken the vaccine. It's giving, making me dizzy in this apartment. <laughs> yeah, so it'll probably be one of those, but that's all right. <laughs> Everybody's kind of like investment. That's all it really is, right? Yeah. But I mean, so that's another weird thing is that the vaccine has been a very... A significant way for people to kind of, kind of uh, force the government to kind of bow down. I would, you know, bend over a little bit because the government wants everyone to get vaccinated for your know, economy to kind of restart and everything. But at the same time, everyone in Hong Kong, first of all, doesn't trust government, which is so Hong Kong. As in, if you tell me to do it, I will not do it, yeah. right? Which is why I keep telling people the government should try to uh, basically one up us and be like, I dare you. I bet you, you guys are too chicken to get the vaccine. And the whole of Hong Kong is like, what'd you say? What'd you say? Give me all of them right now. Left arm, right arm, let's do this, right? I guarantee it'll be a completely reverse psychology. Mm. Unless you give away free flats, then yeah. Well, one of my friends is saying that it's, it's you know kind of a failing of the government that they haven't realized that this is a real bipartisan issue where they could have gone together Absolutely. and gotten some voices that are you know perhaps looked upon friendly by the democratic position yeah. and say, get this done. And ironically, you know, opening, if you want to keep the connection with the outside world, you know, open up quickly. The the longer China keeps its borders up on mainland and here, the more they can keep the foreign world out and people are leaving and people can't come in. Yeah. And eventually it's going to, it's going to basically blow up in their face. I mean, so that's another thing. Like people are leaving Hong Kong and of course a lot. So many people, like my kid, my kid's kindergarten, I, I like everybody's leaving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a few friends who left, but they were smart. They they got their vaccine first before leaving. I'm like, okay, smart. oh, who, who, who yeah. wouldn't do that? Exactly. Yeah. Now this yeah. is the weird thing because like the rest of the world, everybody's like struggling to get vaccines. Mm. You know, especially like my family in India, you yeah. got to pay for the vaccine over there. My my family in like let's say some of them in Europe, and they're like, yeah, we've just uh, finally been able to book a slot like mm. next month. Yeah, and yet Hong Kong, we're having the issue of people aren't taking the vaccine. Well, it's so much so that we're going to have to throw out all the expired or doses, give them right? To another country, right? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like exactly. That, yeah. Right, where we're at, yeah. But I think would you say would you say it's because initially when the whole vaccine rollout started happening, the government kind of gave these really mixed messages with the whole sign of act and everything, and it caused a lot of people a first of all anger again of like trying Mm -hmm. to force something we don't want down our throat, and b it's causing confusion as like wait do I want the new technology that the government themselves don't want to use themselves or you know do I want the old school technology that these so called officials seem to like. 
Yeah, I mean, I think beyond beyond just the, that outright distrust of the government, I think a lot of the the messaging and the rollout has been really botched. Firstly, in terms of the way they really pushed Sinovac before the uh, the, the, the alternative, yeah. yeah, and um and that that this led people to distrust them even more. And then the way they didn't sort of build any. In any really incentives at all around being vaccinated at first. So even though you were vaccinated, if you happened to live in a building where there was one positive case, you find yourself rounded up and sent to Penny Bay with everyone else. Yeah. Um, and so just the and they, and this sort of this back and forth and sort of these inconsistencies. They'll come up with one policy, then they'll change their mind the next day. And so it's just it's just been a really um, poorly messaged and sort of poorly planned process. Which if they if at the at the outset they said, look, you know, here are the vaccines, here are the incentives. Um, I think people would have had a much clearer message to. But would you say like the vaccine itself has kind of shown a different side of the government? Because like, let's be honest, the rest of the world, a lot of governments have failed as well in trying to handle mm. COVID. Oh, no, I mean there have a well, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> what you a know? controversial statement. But would you say like Hong Kong? Because Hong Kong technically is not that difficult to manage when it comes to rolling these things out. We mm. have the facilities, we have the communication means, and everything. Mm. Would you say that this just shows that even with all this stuff built into our system, that you can roll this out so easily, the government is still having trouble, and it's just is is incompetence in the government or would you just say that we just don't like him therefore nothing will work no i think it's 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 political incompetence and sort of communications incompetence like logistically it's been great and obviously hong kong's geographically a small place so it's very easy to organize a rollout compared to a big spread out location but logistically in terms of the vaccine centers the appointment making process you know everyone who's who's gone through it oh, and done it smooth, no yeah. it's super smooth super easy Flawless, yeah, really yeah. great system so it, that's been fantastic execution kind of 10 out of 10 but as always with this government in terms of communication and sort of gauging and working with public opinion kind of you know one out of 10 um yeah but that's been the case not just for this issue but for for every issue really going back several well, years can i throw an idea on the table here because i think that pretty clearly mainland china is the, the government is happy with having the borders shut and they are the the underlying decision makers of everything here. How upset do you think Beijing is that the borders are shut? I think it's gonna. I think it's exactly what they want. Which borders? The Hong Kong borders? Or yes, the- both. Oh. I think they want them both shut. I never thought of that. I thought they've been wanting to open it as soon as possible. No, no, no. But no, I think no, they no. definitely want the border between Hong Kong and the mainland oh, to be yeah, open, yeah. at least from a Hong Kong no, economy. No, I'm point talking of about. View, well, like just as one example, like the main mainland the. But Beijing really wants their people to be separated from the rest of the world. And in, in what they access on the internet, they're trying to whittle down the foreign community. By keeping the borders shut, people are leaving, people aren't really coming back in. They're whittling down the foreign population. They're why? isolating China from the rest of the world. That's exactly what they want to do. But why, why would... I mean, I'm... I'm control. They control. They're controlling oh. their population. The number one risk to the Chinese government is civil unrest. And so what they're doing to their people is the same as like air conditioning, cold air. You're trying to close all the windows. be like, keep it in, keep it in, <laughs> keep the air con off. We're going to save some electricity today. Don't let it go out. <laughs> breathe slower. There's a draft under the door. Quick. <laughs> exactly. Do not respond to the door. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but it just, you know, it's one of these situations where you look at the final outcome and it's like, well, the ultimate decision maker, this is exactly what they want. Is it that much of an accident? Mm. Well, when you put it that way, sort of, you know, dare I say, then they might not be the only government doing that. I mean, people look at Australia, sort of Fortress Australia, right? And and again, keeping the borders shut is is a politically popular thing for the you know the conservative government in Australia to do, who've who've always had a policy of you know sort of you know patrolling the borders and 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 keeping out 
you know, people who are queue jumping and all those kind of things. So I think similarly, it's a it's a politically popular thing there as well to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah, so. I, I I can see I that makes sense to me. But I also think that's it's a little bit different in that they are manipulating. I mean, they're they're an elected government ultimately, right? Mm. And they're trying to take a position that benefits what their constituents like, yeah, as yeah. opposed to Beijing's decades-long program of locking down control over the whole country. Mm. I mean, yeah. maybe it's not that different. Maybe I'm just biased. That would ruin yeah, the was... dating scene, though, like in, in, in China. Imagine having... Well, not know. a lot of mixed babies coming out of there. Exactly. I mean, like, the new generation is like, they look the same as me. I don't want that. <laughs> I need upgrades. I need changes, you know? I need upgrades. I need a very... You I can need... make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. All right, let's continue the conversation, Caucasians. Adam <laughs> Skews had a great joke. He's like, Shanghai's become so international. The other day, I saw a Western guy holding hands with a western girl <laughs> we've, got, we've gotten that progressive huh <laughs> wow that that is a good sight to see i wish one day in hong kong so a couple of things like at, at the time of recording this right now mm. it has not been june 4 which yep. for those who don't know i don't know uh, what I happened don't know. on june 4 i just want to say i don't know exactly what happened on <laughs> exactly. june 4 exactly i don't know um <laughs> and so all vigils have been banned, I guess. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will know what happened on June 4. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and just a flashback, I guess, for the, the, you know, every year in Hong Kong, there's a vigil in Victoria Park for to, to commemorate June 4. Um, Tiananmen Square Tiananmen Massacre. Square Massacre. In 2019, 180,000 people turned out, and that was just a few days before the first of the big one million person protest marches happened in 2019 against the extradition bill. So record turnout that year. Last year, um, the government said, COVID, no public yeah. gatherings. Um, this is not allowed to happen. Um, people turned out anyway. Um, sort of tens of thousands of people turned out. Um, uh, in groups, like in, 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 in limited groups. Yeah, they, 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 they sort of they social gathered in social distance, small groups. They did their best to sort of, you know, stick to the spirit and of the rules. if only they'd done that in 1989, they might have been harder to run down, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All these gaps. I can't, I can't fill up these gaps with these bullets. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then the people who, who the, 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 any of the prominent leaders of the protest last year or the vigil last year have since been arrested and, and, and convicted of um, illegal, assembly. illegal assembly for that. Uh, and now this year, um, the government have again said not allowed. I think, again, they're citing the COVID rules, um, even though we were at sort of, what, 30 days of zero local yeah, cases yeah, like now, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can go to a rock concert, you can go to a, a church or a big indoor gathering, but um, gathering in a park outdoors, too yeah. dangerous. So you can um, lift up your your uh, lighter at a rock concert, wave it in the air, mm. but you can't do it for the vigil. Right. You can't right. light up a candle. You haven't been to right. a rock concert in a long time, <laughs> have you? They do it with their phones now, buddy. Oh, yeah. I thought that's what I meant. Like, yeah. No one has an actual lighter. I suppose. <laughs> I have printouts of them. I'm just like, they, they don't care. <laughs> they wouldn't care. It's like the, the rock stars talk about, is that a paper lighter? I can't have this show go on. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. um, and also this year, the government have um, come out with a very strong message saying anyone who tries to go to the vigil, five years jail, anyone who promotes it or sort of tries to encourage other people to go to it one year jail um you know what's me so, ironic yeah. like anyone traveling on the mtr train towards causeway bay at like around 7 8 p.m that evening gonna be arrested 
<laughs> he's like, are you going towards it? Like, I just, I'm going to want chai. Really? You, got, you really, you seem to be blending it up. No, 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 I just want to use a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that, that, you can go, please. Yeah. Well, that carries no prison. <laughs> exactly. Carry on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't we remember yeah. that one. Yeah, patronizing such establishments not a not a problem. Um, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, certainly the the police presence, I'm sure, in the in the sa- in the I'm subway sure, yeah. stations that night is going to be huge. Um, and you wouldn't be able to walk down the street in Causeway Bay. Five Candle stores without- have to close early that night. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Light, light your cigarettes on June three. That's yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. the message. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so so I guess we'll see if people still try and turn out anyway. One thing that the um, the alliance, which is sort of the NGO that's organised this vigil every year, has said is that um, in lieu of having the vigil people should light candles on their balconies or in their windows on at eight o'clock p.m on june 4 as a way of sort of having a distributed vigil sort of throughout the whole city so it'll be interesting to see if people I, I do look, that um, but that sounds really risky. i look forward yeah, would people want to do that i mean it's your apartment you i can mean identify yeah who it was so easily during the protest and there were people in the housing estates that every day at 8 p.m they would shout out slogans and have yeah. a call back it took me months to realize what that was <laughs> <laughs> I because I just moved to Hong Kong. Yeah. I was like, I guess this is the thing they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's nine o'clock shouty hour. He's <laughs> like, okay, firecrackers back home. Okay, yeah. I'm confused now. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be bizarre, man. Like, mm. and that evening, uh, how are people gonna handle it? Yeah, yeah. But well, but but as the alliance has said, I mean, there's nothing illegal about lighting a candle. Um, that but there is though. I mean, you, you, there isn't the angle of saying how how hard is it to. Say it's promoting the yeah. vigil, you know? I pity I mean, the person, but, yeah. but quite literally, mm. lighting a candle could violate this law, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Would you, could, you, you assume that it you would? Could interpret would it, you, you could interpret it that way, yeah. yeah. You know what's I funny? Mean, would either of you light a candle on Causeway Bay <laughs> this Friday? <laughs> There's going to be a, like at least like 10,000 kids whose birthday is on the 4th. And the parents are like, it's your happy 18th birthday. It's like, mom, put it away. Oh, my God. I just turned 18. I'm, I'm not a kid anymore. They're going to try me as an adult. blowing it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're trying that kid as an adult now. You're, you turned 18 after before after the candles were lit. You're like, ah, crap, you got me. So, yeah, it's going to be bizarre. And I bet you the headline's going to be like, you know, meditation center, you know, people arrested due to one incense stick. people be like what was that incense for it was for you know our guru um so that that, that's one whole thing that's Mm. that's happened another sort of emblematic case uh was jimmy lyon yeah who is the founder of apple daily a, a, a publication that's been pretty openly critical of beijing and the hong kong government um how has that has that played out in a way against your expectations? Um, look, no, I don't think so. It's, it's pretty clear that he was sort of public enemy number one from from Beijing's point of view and that he would be one of the key people they, they target. Um, so he's currently in jail. But hang on, even saying that, right. aren't you admitting there's no rule of law? Well... Yeah, certainly. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're, they're prioritising the way that they they apply the yeah, rules. Yeah, because law. the law no, doesn't yeah. apply equally to all people at all times. Kind of like the fi- I mean, I, I, I you know I went to yeah. law school for like five minutes. Yeah, right. but That's kind of like a, <laughs> for a brief tenant. That's a kind of a fundamental tenet of having a legal system. That's yeah, yeah, right. I mean, of any credibility. Yeah. So the government uses rule of law to justify all of these actions, saying you know, hey, all we're doing is is uh, is applying and and implementing the law. Um, but clearly, you know, using the law in a targeted way to to sort of 
go after your political opponents or identifying the people you want to target and then finding which law you can use against them is is not the way the rule of law should work. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what... So Jimmy Lai is um, he's, he's in jail. He's been denied bail for his national security charges. So he'll face trial on those, um, I suppose, later this year. He's already got a couple of convictions for unauthorized assembly for protests he attended in 2019. So he's sort of started serving that time already. Um, and, and most notably, recently, the government announced they've frozen all his assets in Hong Kong, including his majority ownership stake in, in Next Media, which owns the Apple Daily. Um, and it seems... Li- I mean, firstly, it's kind of interesting that the government's become de facto through the asset freeze the biggest shareholder of the Apple Daily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, um, uh, yeah, and it seems that is going to one way or the other end up in in that being shut down. I think if, if eventually it sort of becomes starved of funds and is forced to close down. But that, at the moment, that's the situation. So. so, do you think that there are? To me, that sends a, a dangerous message when they were willing to freeze his assets. Hmm. Do you think there are ramifications for that or do you think people are going to react to that news? Look, I mean, I think already there was, from when this law came into force, there was a sense among people that, you know, there's reasons for people with big money there's reasons not to keep your wealth in hong kong if you don't have to and i think there's been a bit of an outflow of of capital from hong kong because of that um other than obviously real estate which you can't move um and and sort of shares in hong kong companies which you also can't move anything else that you can transfer out i think the that the high net worth people will be transferring out because you never know once you introduce that kind of political risk into the system where you never know what the criteria are or who it might be applied to next, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And, and so, yeah, I think it's it's definitely um, something that people will, will lead people to decide that, yeah, Hong Kong is not the safest place to keep your assets. Maybe this is the way the government wants to encourage us to spend our money. Like, just like, don't keep it in the bank. We yeah. can freeze it. So yeah. Go spend it all. Hey, yeah. one way to stop it from being frozen. <laughs> exactly. Spend Have none. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting... You know, I kind of maybe it's just my framework for thinking, but I always just assume that the the gaps between the way Beijing is at behaving and Hong Kong is behaving are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. And then there's other parallels like Jack Ma mm. or uh, Meituan, yeah. you know, these huge tech companies that haven't taken a political stance really, or yeah. or, or, or a very indirect one. Yeah. Um, and they people are having big things taken off them at, at a whim yeah i think the big the big lesson is that in in the mainland it's always been the case that everything is political including business um and can be taken off you at any point exactly and and that now applies equally in hong kong hong kong used to be you know business could be kind of apolitical and we're just sort of you know we'll just do our own thing and make money and, and politics won't bother us i think that era is is well and truly over and and business is is politicized here in the same way that it's always been in the mainland now so um yeah what do you think do you think you'll see more protests um look i'm not going to say we'll never see another protest in hong kong again i don't i I just don't believe that and and certainly there were people who after the umbrella movement back in 2014 ended were sort of saying well you know that's the end of protest in hong kong and we all saw how that turned out um but look it's the calculus has definitely changed um and the the, the risks in people coming out has definitely changed. And I think the government has tried through the this new legal system that's in place to try to make the price of dissent unbearably high. Um, but I think there's still going to be at a certain point um, the right 
cause that comes along or a way that people sort of figure out how to protest um, and somehow navigate those red lines and, and I think they'll they'll do that whether it's in a, in a creative or a different way or or just yeah at certain point overwhelming numbers I'm not sure but certainly um, I don't think we're going to see the same kind of protest we saw in 2019 again and I don't think it's going to be a very brave person who steps up to try and organize a protest in future so maybe it's going to be more something spontaneous rather than something that anyone tries to actually which is kind of what they tried to do in the last protest right Mm. like having no head i mean i think there was there was an expression leaderless right yeah 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 Yeah, the idea because like in the umbrella movement basically they arrested and charged the quote-unquote leaders of the whole movement right so in 2019 everybody learned okay have no head so they can't they don't know who to pick so that was the idea and just evolved and people just kind of knew what to do through you know it's very it's very interesting because it became like a crowdfunded direction where everybody just kind of had a little say. You know, this seemed to pop up, and the whole discussion was just like a Reddit post where if a lot of people mm. seemed to like uh, vote voted up, that was the the next action that we're doing. So yeah. everyone seemed to like this idea. We're just going to end up with that, and that became it. So it was always a moment of like whatever seemed to be most liked by people. Mm. So yeah. I guess the next protest movement will probably be someone's Instagram page. I knew you were going for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's got something. Here we go. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping. Follow me at Funny Vivek on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the risk, people. <laughs> What's your view? Do you think you'd see another protest in this city? I think you will. I mean, like, like as you said earlier on, we never expected 2019 the way it was when it was like 2014. We're like, I don't know, man. I, I can't see anything happening. And 2019, like, what? And I'm sure, like, another surprise. This is the thing with Hong Kong is that just when you think we could not have any other weird things happen, all of a sudden, boom, this is going to be like, Oh, I never thought of that, but that's a great idea. So I think there will be. It'll just be a different way. Because remember, a lot of people who are young now, in like, you know, five years later, they're going to be at a point of more power. They'll be, you know, in the yeah. working force and everything. And all of a sudden now you'll have some kids who were like, yeah, I, I invested 10 years of my time to be in this. And now I can finally use where I am. I, I leverage my position and protest. There's definitely going to be a lot of this. That's why the Umbrella Movement had a new generation of people who were maybe just young kids. Now, suddenly, five years later, going like, I prepared five years for this. It's literally like a Rocky movie, right? <laughs> it was Rocky 1 was the Umbrella Movement, where you just run upstairs, you know, hey, hey, I can do this, right? Rocky 5, he's like, I'm married, I'm having kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And this one's Creed. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. So when was the gigantic Russian injecting steroids yeah, phase exactly, of the Hong Kong protest? Exactly Did we miss that? Where my brain went. <laughs> oh, that was, that Who's was Dolph Lundgren in this yeah. analogy? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T as well with the Asmodeus. <laughs> yeah, that was covered You're by Mr. The, T. <laughs> no, that was covered by the foreign press, who apparently is not here anymore. So right. <laughs> that's gone. So I, that's what I think. I really do think so. Because like the trilogy, this this franchise is fantastic, and I don't think <laughs> Hong Kong people are gonna let it go. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> they love movies too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Hong Kong protest character universe is just too, uh, yeah, is exactly. too, too powerful. And you know, it's funny yeah. because the guy that just got locked up was wearing an Avengers shirt. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't. No, no. But, but there was a famous protester, Captain America, Captain right? America, yeah, he used yeah. to dress up in the Captain dra- America outfit. Would, yeah, he would yeah. actually dress up in Captain America with the Captain America shield. Yeah, and he was known yeah. for that. You would see him out in the protest, like, hey, that's yeah. Captain America. Yeah. Uh, he, and he, I think he got arrested, right? Yes, he yeah, got yeah, 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 yeah. Sadly, yeah. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Do you reckon they still let him wear the outfit in prison? <laughs> I don't know, man. Depends on what what the role play is that day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then there, there must be all these protest leaders just like getting ripped in prison. Like you know that scene in the movies where the guys are like you know yeah getting ripped, yeah. You know, preparing for revenge, and, you know, and they get yeah getting really buff and then like come out of prison. Yeah, and, that's yeah. why actually if you see like I think today in the newspaper they were they were taken to I think the court again today. I I, I think I read something and you'll. Always notice they'll never show you their arms. Right. They're hiding their guns. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Prison tattoos. I, yeah. I was yeah. thinking <laughs> that uh, 
You know, yeah. I think that shower gel has made the showers in prison a lot safer. Because <laughs> 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 you can't, you don't have to worry you don't about have picking to pick it up. up the soap, you know? <laughs> You're like, oh, I dropped it. I'll just. I hit, just hit this pump again. Yeah, exactly. That's good enough. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I think. And I'm so, clearly thinking about the important issues with this project. All, all I'm saying is that if the people in who are in prison, unfortunately, now really do get pumped, I I'm looking forward to the new getting calendar. Is not the right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, sorry, getting buffed up or whatever. <laughs> I look forward to that calendar. The, the, the <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna come, it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, that is the next protest. Yeah, but mm. who's gonna be on the June one? That's the question. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That'll be too hot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you hope for the city? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. that can we just Fantastic that, that segue. sound? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what do you hope for the city? <sighs> uh, uh, so, actually, there's one more thing we haven't covered if we have time. Yeah, have time? yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that, of course, happened in the last few months is political reform. So we already had a pretty rigged electoral system right here in Hong Kong that always guaranteed majorities for the th- for the pro Beijing parties. Um, and so what's happened is that Beijing decided not rigged enough. We need to rig it even more. Um, and so in in March at the National People's Congress, they announced a whole raft of new election laws that, and that have just passed through LegCo here, which now mean that um, the the number of popularly, genuinely elected seats in, in the LegCo go from half the seats to sort of 20 out of 90. Um, a bunch of seats get appointed directly by this pro-Beijing election committee. Um, the seats have all been gerrymandered to sort of split up the urban vote and the rural vote. Um, and just to really, really make sure that the, elect- the election system is is completely rigged in Be- Beijing's favour. So that's been sort of the other big development of the last um, couple of months. And how has that been received? Everyone has been joyful. Um, yeah. Outpouring support for what they've, they've called it, um, uh, ensuring patriots rule Hong Kong. Well, damn, that's an interesting Re- thing to speak about, this this repeated message that only patriots can mm. be in yeah. office. Why do you want the NFL team to come to Hong Kong? <laughs> hey, look at that guy oh, throwing man. in that easy yeah. joke. Yeah. Well, 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 the other funny thing is that they've been saying oh, Hong Kong will be so great once we pass these reforms because you know then patriots will be ruling Hong Kong, ignoring the fact that you know Beijing parties have controlled the LegCo since 1997 and Beijing handpicked candidates have been the CE since 1997. So, you know, have we not already had patriots ruling Hong Kong for the last 20-some years? It's also ironic that, like, are you a patriot if you're doing the easy thing and going along with the power? The patriots are the people who are putting themselves at risk because they love the city, right? Yeah, that's what it's it, like the well, definition. Well, so of it patriot. depends how you define patriot, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. patriot yeah. of what? Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then, so um, I think re- I did see recently that they w- they did also invite Democrats to join the elections, encouraging them. Hey, you can still join and lose. Yeah, I think they 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 desperately need that to legitimize the process, yeah. right? They have to have. And I think the idea is that you know, like we have in Macau now, there are sort of some pro democracy politicians, like a tiny handful on their ledge code, just to sort of make a token opposition. Pro- and they want the same thing in Hong Kong. They want at least a few Democrats on ledge coders to make it look like, hey, we've got a democracy. See, we've got opposition parties. It's all legit. Um, you know, but everyone knows that there's no chance they'll have any kind of meaningful representation or any kind of meaningful say. Um, yeah. And are they, well, because, you know, when, when we spoke in January, mm. that all stepped down. Are they going to yeah. participate in this? Are they going to legitimize it? Well, I think they're in the middle of a, of, of a really um, sort of hot internal debate at the moment on that very question. And there's been sort of some of that discussed in the media as well is what what should they do on the one hand if they if they agree to participate yeah they are sort of legitimizing this you know arguably illegitimate system 
if they don't participate, then they're completely excluded. They don't even have a voice and don't even have a seat at the table. So neither are good choices, really. And I think there's a lot of internal dissent among them as to what is the right thing for them to do in this situation. I think there's kind of no, no easy answers, really. And what about yourself? Do you feel... I, the first... We, so this is your third time on the podcast. The yes. first time we spoke, you were pretty open and free. Yeah. Uh, happy <laughs> protesting. <laughs> and life is great. Uh, second time... I think you were uh, a bit more measured <laughs> in what you were willing to say. Mm. And how how do you feel about it now? Look, certainly it feels like week by week, month by month, the environment is getting more um, restrictive. And yeah, I don't speak as openly as I would have done in the past. Um, by way of example, last week, Claudia Moe judgment came out. One of the things the court cited is, you know, she was speaking to the BBC. BBC contacted me and said, hey, would you like to comment on this Claudia Mo judgment? I said, no, I don't think I will, actually. <laughs> exactly. Th- thanks for the invitation. And but is that a BBC <laughs> journalist that's based in Hong Kong that's contacted you? Uh, Probably someone you know, right? Uh, no, well, no well, it was just sort of a, a producer, sort of. So, yeah, someone... Someone from w- outside of Hong from Kong. From outside of Hong Kong, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the invitation is sort of, hey, would you like to talk on the BBC about how someone who spoke to the BBC is now in jail? Yeah. Probably not an invitation I'm going to accept anymore, yeah. um, which how, I, w- I would have done in the past. How? how <laughs> BBC... <laughs> Like, are they thinking through their approach here at yeah. all? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe they're, maybe they're part of the, the the Chinese government now. They just call one of these guys, ask them this question. I want it, it, I want was, it, it was fish, it was a fishing uh, trap, wasn't that it? That's exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's what yeah. it was, man. Yeah, um, it's a stupid test. <laughs> <laughs> you agreed. I I don't actually have questions. <laughs> what? Oh crap! I got to work now. This is I got to level with you. This was a prank call. <laughs> yeah, um, you're on. You're on the show. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, uh, the, all, all these things are, are making, um, yeah, increasing this sort of this 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 climate of fear i suppose you could say in hong kong where people are are, are less willing to speak out and, and less willing to dissent in whatever ways they might have dissented in the past so. and what's your prognosis from now um i uh let's see i mean it's it's really difficult so i think the the city is going through a difficult time and it's a dark time for everyone there you know people leaving um people trying to figure out what their place in the city is going to be in the future and um yeah, I think we'll, well, I, I, I ultimately have hope, as I've, I've said many times in the past, I ultimately have hope because, the, you know, the people in this city are, are people who are, you know, who are very passionate about the place that they live and care about it deeply. And we've seen them express that passion in many ways, you know, over the years. And most of them are still here, even if some, you know, percentage choose to leave, the others are all still here. And I think they'll continue to to, to want to make their home a place that is the home that they want to live in. Um, so, so that's what gives me hope. So there's yeah. no hope that rush hour on the train is going to be better, right? People are still going to be stuffed uh, into yeah. that train. Uh, still yeah. too many people. I uh, think we're going to get to a point where the only people left in the city is you two. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to get on the MTR. He'll be in the priority seat. Yeah. And he'll exactly. be like, well, hang on. It's priorities for white dudes, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. What, like, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what it's for? Exactly. <laughs> Have I missed something? Should we get rid of all of the British laws? <laughs> Do, you, yeah. Do you not see the sign? Of the silhouette is white color. <laughs> you not see it. <laughs> well, Anthony, you know, I, I, I do. We really appreciate you sharing all your time and insights. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Always good to chat.